Welcome to another edition of Hillcrest Church's new podcast called Our Stories. I'm Pastor Brad Bergfalk, and I am delighted to have Marianne Bettis as my guest today. Marianne has been part of Hillcrest Church for 46 years. Marianne, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Well, let's start uh, with, with the big question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, I grew up in central Kansas on a farm. The closest town was a hundred mile or a two and a half miles away and had a hundred people. Um, I went to a, a Presbyterian church growing up and I learned that Bible stories and stuff, but um, it wasn't until I was a, a freshman in high school, uh, a friend, um, we were just new to the school. Um, when we had study hall, she had a, a magazine called Young Ambassador and in it were testimonies of teenagers talking about the reality of Jesus in their life. And it was what that really answered questions for me. And that's when I asked Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. And you were how old? Um, 13. 13 years old. 13, 14. I was a freshman in high school. Then I... um, well, I went to Sterling College for two years and then to, to KU. And at the, both of those, I was involved in, in a Bible study and um, really started to, to grow in the Lord. And in the midst of that, I met my husband, Mike, and um, we were married the summer between my junior year and, and he had just graduated. And um, So you spent part of your college... Uh, career single and part of it married. What, what was that like? Well, it, it was interesting because the year that I transferred to KU, Mike and I were engaged, but we were living three or four hours away from each other. And that was before social media and everything. So most of our correspondence was by letters. We would talk on the phone occasionally. Um, but we, when we came to Hillcrest, um, we visited a couple of other churches, but a, a gal that I was friends with from KU, her family, they were original um, founders of Hillcrest, and she suggested that we try Hillcrest, and um, we've been here ever since. Ever since. Um, what was it about, um, about Hillcrest that... Um attracted you to want to stay here? Well, one of it was the friendliness of people. The other two churches we visited, we were in and out of the church for service, and nobody said a word to us. Of course, Hillcrest was a lot smaller then, and during the summer months, on Wednesday nights, they had a potluck dinner. And from that, we met some other um, younger couples, and since we were newly married and no children, um, we were asked to help immediately with the, the senior high youth group, which was a, a, a challenging but yet good experience. Um, what was challenging about it? Well, just um, trying to relate to the students on their level. I really wasn't, since I was just right out of KU, I wasn't that much older four years or so older. Um, During that time, 
we started trying to have a family and um, that was not successful. We dealt with a lot of infertility and um, a scripture that really became important to me was he, Hebrews 10, 36, which had, says, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And I knew that God was pr promising us children but I didn't know if that was just all the 35 children we had in the youth group or adoption or having our own biological children. And um, after a good deal of trying and medication and stuff, Matthew was born um, and he was a delight as a, a little boy. And my older brother was almost four young, years older than me. And we didn't get along well when we were growing up. So I always said I didn't want my children that far apart. Well, God has a sense of humor because our two children are four years and nine days apart. Um, but Tell me a little bit about the when, when you had uh, established in your mind that you didn't know whether the children that God was going to give you was going to be the youth group or your own. Uh, uh, what were some of the thoughts that you had during that? time. You know, I, I, I was accepting of whatever because we were a good fit working with the high school kids and I really connected with some of the girls. So, you know, I think if it wouldn't have worked out to have our own biological children, I could have lived with that. I mean, I was glad to be a mom, but I don't, you know, it wouldn't have been the end of the world if we didn't have children. Um, now, once you established your family and kind of settled here in Overland Park, what uh, what were some of the ways that you felt God that was calling you to serve either in Hillcrest Church or outside of Hillcrest Church? Well, I, um, when Matt, well, I taught um, Sunday school, first and second grade Sunday school for a number of years. And then when we started Awana, I was the um, the director uh, for the kinder, fourth grade or pre-K and kindergarten, and um, that was fun to see those kids so excited about memorizing scripture and getting their badges for their vests and things. Um, then everything went along fine. We were involved in the church, and you know our kids were getting older and or well, when they were like seventh grade and third grade, um, our lives changed drastically. Mike was really sick, and it was the first time that I have really ever had face-to-face -face with what, what, what depression was. Um, and, you know, we, we made it through it. Um, and... Once he was on the right medication, it really ended quite, quite quickly. Mm -hmm. But a year and a half later, it wasn't so different for me. I was hospitalized in one of the units here in um, the city for 16 days. And at that point, we had been homeschooling our kids, and there was no way that I was under any way able to, to do that. Um, and 
I, for the next three or four years, was on, I was on lots of different types of, of medic, um, antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And they helped somewhat, but I don't know that I was real, really too co cooperative mm -hmm. with them. And then in 1998, when Matthew was a senior in high school, I, I was having a really hard time with the thought of him leaving home and going to college. And um, I, the depression really came, came back mm -hmm. again, and I was hospitalized again. And at that point, the counselor that I was seeing, um, she knew she needed more input than just what her was. So she, she arranged it with three ladies that at that point were in four ladies that were at that point involved with Hillcrest, that they each had a day of the week that they we went and went for a ride or shared, you know, they shared scriptures with me. And at that point, script, you know, I scripture just wasn't too important to me. Well, it was important, but it was just like it hit a, a dead dead wall. Mm. Um, but by the end of that summer, when Matthew went to college, I had, with the help of those women and the counselor, I could really accept that he was going to college and give him, you know, our, our blessing. And while he was at Iowa State, he met um, Becky, his wife, and they were married. Well, they were almost done with, with school. And the summer of their wedding, I was, we had a bridal shower here for Becky early May, and I was doing fine. But after that, you could almost see daily the spiraling down. Mm -hmm. um, and Can I ask you a little bit about your experience with depression? I know that that's a common experience of lots of people. So, so that you're willing to uh, speak about that as openly as you have right now is really meaningful. And I think there may be somebody that, that hears this and goes, wow, I'm not the only one. In addition to your four friends that uh, cared for you in very concrete and practical ways, and then the, the other uh, assistance that you had from medical professionals, um, how, how did you see God um, bring comfort and support and healing to you during that time? Well, Music was very important, and um, one of the, the ladies that we, well, a song that became, I won't sing it for you, but became important to us was, God will make a way when there seems to be no way, um, and I, I knew that there was going to be a, a, a way from, with God. Um, not that it took away the depression. But, um, and it wasn't just those four women. We had been, by that time, we had been a part of Hillcrest for, and I can't do the math, but close to 20 years. And there were other people that came alongside Mike and I. And I, I attribute a lot of things to my husband, Mike, because he stood by me all that time. And, um, you know, it was tough on our kids, um, you know, 
because for from Matthew's seventh grade year through his senior year and Melanie's third grade through eighth grade, I, I wasn't really uh, uh, too available. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I went through the things, but um, I, I just feel like God was protecting our family because um, it hasn't been a, a long-term um, detriment to my, my kids. Um, they're not kids anymore. They're now 41 and 37, but they are very much walking with the Lord. And, um, you know, they each have children. Um, we thought two years ago we were done having grandchildren because Matthew and Becky had three and Melanie and Tomas had three. And we thought that was pretty good for just having two kids. Um, but our son and his wife started doing foster care. And um, a little boy that at that point was eight and a half became adoptable. So he became about as a year ago in September. And then a year ago in June, they got a little boy that was 11 months at the time. Mm -hmm. And late winter, he became ad adoptable. So he became part of our family wow. um, in August. So, um, so you're a grandma multiple times over. Yeah. Um, for if there's somebody that's listening to this, um, this interview who's struggling, uh, emotionally, or maybe they have depression and they know it or don't know it, um, what would be your, your advice to them as a way, um, of approaching their, their pain that they're, that they're going through? I think music is a, a big part of that. Um, the last three years or so have been really rough. I was not too with, um, capable of anything during that time. And Mike pretty much was doing most of the work at home. Um, I think scripture really is important there. Even if you read it and it doesn't make sense to you right there, and to just um, continue to um, to stick in there with it. And one verse that came really was important to me uh, in the last two years was Romans fifteen thirteen, which says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you." live in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And during that time, I had lost, in the last three years, I had lost hope that anything was going to, to change. And, but during that time, I had friends that came alongside of me in different ways one friend called it her, her Diet Coke ministry, and she would go to McDonald's and get me a Diet Coke and sometimes just leave it on the, the front step. And um, people were get, get, um, good about trying to call me, but because of caller ID, I knew who it was, and often I chose sure. not to answer it. Well, Marianne, you have a... You have a wonderful story of both um, sadness and the pain of depression and the hope of uh, 
good friends that come alongside and the scripture that um, even though there were times when you didn't uh, understand it or couldn't kind of absorb it, it still had a meaningful place in your life. Thank you for um, sharing with us the challenges that you've experienced throughout your life and if there's anybody out there who's listening to this podcast and is struggling with pod, uh, with depression or has a story to tell similar to Marianne's story um, we would love for you to reach out to us at church you can uh, send an email to us at uh, our email address Marianne Bettis thank you very much for spending this time with us and uh, we look forward to the next time we get the chance to talk with you Thank you.